Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Church, I read, and I know it's two days before Christmas, but I read a really, really sad story that I want to share with you, if you don't mind. You go, sad story, Ben. Okay, it's a, it's a story about a young man named Sammy. And Sammy was about 14, 15 years old, and he was slightly mentally handicapped. Okay, Sammy just loved life, and he was about two years behind everybody else. And, and but, but he was, I mean, he was... For the most part, he did the normal things that boys do. He, he, he played ball, guys. He rode his bike. He loved to fish. He climbed trees. He did all kinds of fun stuff. And for the most part, you know, um, the kids were not too mean. Sometimes they laughed at him and called him Simple Sammy. But Sammy just, he didn't seem to hear them. He, he enjoyed life. Every part of life Sammy enjoyed. Every part of life, guys was full of wonder to Sammy. Can you imagine amazement? And of course, when Christmas came around, Sammy loved Christmas. It was the most wonderful time of the year. Well, as the story goes, it was Christmas Eve. And much like we do, they had the tree and the presents, and every child got a present. And although Sammy was older, the pastor still allowed him to participate. Well, it wasn't long, right? All the presents were under the tree at the church, just like this. Each present had a name for each boy and each girl. And that, that evening, as they opened the door, Sammy got there early, and he ran to the tree. And he looked under, and he was the first one, and he started looking with the presents with the name on it. He kept looking and looking, and where's my name? And after a few minutes, Sammy began to worry, because he couldn't find a present with his name on it. Then his eyes caught hold of a big box, the biggest present there was. Sammy slowly walked over to it. He lifted the card, and there, in great big letters, was his name, S-A-M-M-Y. He couldn't believe it. The biggest present was his, and his mind began to think at the speed of light. What could it be? How many possibilities? What was inside? Maybe it was a bike, he thought. Maybe it was a TV. Maybe it was a horse or maybe a tent. What was in it? And Sammy could barely stand it. But he knew he had to wait. Well, after the service, guys, Sammy's pastor, we'll call him Preacher Joe, started picking up the presents and calling out the name. Sarah and Bobby, Susan, Sammy was on the edge of his seat, and he was about to burst with anticipation. Then Preacher Joe walked over to the big box and said, Well, let's see whose name is on this one. Before he could read the name, Sammy bolted inside him and said, It's mine, Preacher Joe. It's mine. Here's where it gets sad. Sammy removed all the paper and laid it beside the box, and he began to remove the lid. His mind, all the things he had hoped for to see flashed before his eyes in a second. And Sammy got the box open. He looked inside and he saw nothing. He saw nothing. You see, the box was empty. Someone had played a trick on simple Sammy. 
And when Sammy lifted his head, huge tears were streaming down his face. Who would do something so cruel? Who would play such a mean trick on simple Sammy? Now listen, church, I know what you're thinking. Wow, Pastor Ben, what a sad story. And you're telling this just a couple of days before Christmas. Are you trying to make us sad? Church, I believe this story teaches us a valuable lesson about Christmas. And you say, what's that, Pastor? Every day, all around this world, the same trick is being played. Though the names and the situations are a little different, the results are still the same. You go, how so? You see, the world promises people great gifts. They promise happiness and wealth and pleasure and relationships. They promise fame and success and power. And what they do, what the world does, guys, is it wraps it in such this, this, this big, big, great box and pretty paper and a beautiful bow. And then it hands us this box as a gift. And we get all excited and we start looking through. And at the end of the day, we realize it's just an empty box. You see, because the world can't promise us hope. No life, no joy, no happiness. Just huge tears of heartbreak screaming down our face. And why, Pastor Ben? Listen, because the greatest gift we could ever receive was not wrapped in a box. The greatest gift, guys, didn't have a big red bow on it. It's a gift, but it wasn't under any tree. It was wrapped, but it wasn't wrapped with wrapping paper. Guys, listen to me. The greatest gift we could ever receive was the one who was born in a manger 2,000 years ago. That's the greatest gift. Now, this morning, guys, I want to talk to you about the gift of Jesus. And my hope is that whatever you're going through in this Christmas season, that we would stop and take a moment and see the real meaning of Christmas. The real meaning of Christmas. There's a lot of people going through all kinds of different things. You see, December is one of the months that that is critical for suicide. People are depressed. They're sad. They don't want to be lonely. They don't want to go through this holiday season without having somebody. We all know someone like that, or maybe it's us. You see, the same happened to me, if I may, for just a moment. You see, for me, Christmas was amazing. And growing up, I could remember, guys, we have fond memories. And I remember, guys, we would set up the tree and decorate the house. And we would put lights on the house. And it was amazing. And Christmas Eve would come and we'd open presents. And all the family would be there. And right about midnight, we'd all get ready. And we'd go to church. And we'd sing. And we'd come back. And we'd play toys. It was the glorious time. Sunday morning, we'd get up and we'd go and visit extended family. That was my Christmas. Until... The year that I turned 13. And the year that I turned 13, my oldest sister was diagnosed with lung cancer, and she died that September. Well, when she died, Christmas died. You see, the next year, there was no tree, although we had to go and buy one. There was no lights. There was no family. If there was presents, I don't remember, but I remember that Christmas died. And so so growing up from guys 13 and 14 and 15, Christmas was no fun. 
Christmas was a lonely time. Christmas was a depressing time. Let's just get through this. Let's just get through this. I can't wait for it. And, and I took that into my married years. I just I don't want to deal with it. A lot of people are like that, guys. A lot of people are, oh, I can't believe it. I don't want to go. I don't want to deal. And they're lonely and they're just getting through. Now, let me tell you a major difference, okay? The major difference is back when I was 13, 14, 15, we didn't have social media, so I didn't know how well everybody else had it. Could you imagine all the stuff we post and people look at it, and of course they're even going to be more depressed because they're thinking, man, you're out doing great stuff that I, ah. And they get depressed, and they get lonely, and they get sad, they get scared, and there's some anxiety. Guys, think about it. The greatest gift we could ever have. And no matter what you're going through, guys, if we could take a moment to see the real meaning. You go, what do you mean? Well, that's what happened to me. As I grew in my walk with the Lord, I realized that Christmas wasn't about what, what the memories that I've had, but Christmas was about Jesus. Christmas was about family. Christmas was about, about seeing my girls happy, seeing that we were healthy. That's what Christmas was all about. You see, Christmas, finally, for me, was about Jesus. You go, well, Pastor, then why am I so stressed out at Christmas time? Because so many people get up in what we call, they, they, they get caught up in commercial Christmas. Can I get an amen? You know what I'm talking about? And they miss, they miss, they miss the real meaning behind the season. Reminds me of a lady. It's a true story. Now, I don't know if what she said was actually true, but the story she said is true. You go, what happened? This lady said that several years that she was struggling with her weight, and so she started taking some diet pills to help her trim down her weight a little bit, and the prescription said only take for three months. Only take for three months could cause serious or even fatal. And she said, okay. So after three months, she kept taking them, kept taking them. She said nine years later, nine years later, she kept taking the diet pills until she died. You go, what do you mean? Here's what happened. She goes on to say, she could feel her heart slowing down. Our hearts go boom, 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 boom. After nine years of taking these pills that she was only supposed to take for three months, her boom, 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 boom. She could hear it go boom, 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 boom. She could feel her heart. She would jump up and down to get her heart racing again, just so she would live to catch her breath. Well, one day her heart slowed so much, she fainted and she died. And she says, I remember being in the presence of God. Oh, wow, the presence. You go, Ben, is that a true story? I don't know. This is what she's saying. She's in the presence of God. And she said, God lovingly, you know, they say, I saw this light. And, and they lovingly, she, she said, Ben, I, I found myself inside of this big movie theater, like this big screen. And God began to show me my life. He began to show me when I was a little girl how I accomplished this. And he began to show me how this accomplishment. And began to show me how I remember feeling this way. And she went and she, she lists every detail of her life that was hers and what she had gone through and what she had accomplished in graduating high school and graduating college. And she said all of it up until the day she was standing before God. And she's like, wow. I guess it must be true when you die. Your whole life flashes before your eyes. Here was the movie screen. And then God did something very interesting. She said, then she told me, God told me, look down. And, and I looked down and she says, he says, do you see those glasses right there? She goes, what is glasses doing in heaven? 
He says, pick up those glasses. So she picks up the glasses, she puts them on, and all of a sudden she was in back at the movie screen, and this time he played a different movie. The movie that he played was everything that God wanted to do in her life, through her life. Everything that he wanted to accomplish in her life, she was seeing the stuff that she'd missed, the stuff that she, and she was like, oh my goodness, I, Lord, I had no idea. You see, there's, there's one screen playing, and that's our lives. But God goes, I have another screen playing. I have so much more for you. I have this screen playing, and, and, and you're missing it. And you know, true, true story, I was like, wow, wow. And she said this, and I was like, it just impacted my heart. Why did it impact your heart, Pastor? Well, listen, guys, as we go through chapter one, this is known as the Christmas story. And you and I have read it so many times that my prayer would be that, that you and I would put on the Jesus glasses this morning to take another look. Okay, because because he, here's what the Bible says. The Bible talks a lot about seeing and not being able to see, hearing and not being able to hear. You go, Pastor, I'm not sure what that means. Guys, what that means is that we become so familiar with the text that it causes us to miss out what the Lord wants us to hear. In other words, we're reading so much. Oh, yeah, Christmas story. Yeah, Mary. Yeah, I hear the songs. Yeah, <laughs> Christmas songs, right? Gotta love them. They're the same five songs done by different artists. It's Christmas. And by the time December 24th comes, I'm sick of them. We, we need to see this from a different point of view. Everybody, I want you to put on your Jesus glass. You go, what does that mean? Okay, here's what I'm going to ask you to do this morning. Two things. You go, what's that? When we read the text, guys, I want you to read it like you're watching a movie. Okay? I want you to see the manger. I want you to see the angel. I want you to see, I want you to be there in Israel. I want you to be engaged at every moment. Okay? I want you to smell the animals. I want you to see all of that. I want you to be in the moment. You go, well, Ben, what's the second thing? I would ask that you would allow the text to read you. What the world has done for us, guys, this Christmas season, it's really pushed us for commercial. We've got to buy this present, got to buy the proper present, got to do this. But let's let the text read us and see, okay, God, today. It's two days before Christmas. I want the text to read me. I want to look at it. I want to look at Luke chapter 1 in a different, with different glasses. Different glasses. Now, before we jump into our text, I need to set the stage. You go, why is that? Because I want to talk about gifts. Jesus is the greatest gifts. But let me just say this to you. We all, loving, we all love getting gifts. Do you like getting gifts? Amen. Don't we? Yeah, we all love getting gifts. Thank you, Santos, for being honest. And we like giving gifts. Santos like, no, I'm not going to. No, I'm just kidding. We like giving, we like getting, it's all part of our culture. We like to give gifts, right? Don't be shy. How many of you like to get gifts? Okay, raise your hand. How many of you are going to bring me a gift tonight? Raise your hand. Just kidding. I'm just joking. <laughs> You're like, what? Let me take a picture. Hold on. So anyways, um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, of course, the, the thing about giving gifts, guys, is we live in a world that's a little bit different, right? We live in a world that I think we're a little bit more clear on the gift that we want instead of just getting a random gift. How many is with me? Okay. I was in a conversation the other day. I was talking to somebody, and, uh, and, and I said, well, this is what I want for Christmas. And he's like, what? what are you, why are you telling him what you want for Christmas? Don't you just want to be surprised? 
Okay? Now, let me just, let me take a poll. How many of us would love to tell the person, this is what I want because this is what I'll use for Christmas? Okay. How many just love to be surprised? I don't care what you get me. Okay, so there's, there's a lot of us. We're, we're on both different, right? We're on both different. So there's some of us that go, I really don't want a necktie. I don't want another necktie. I want, you know, whatever it might be. Well, some people are not like that. Some people are like, surprise me, surprise me. Guys, think about gift giving. Sometimes we tell people, this is what I want for gifts. And we're not going to leave it up to chance anymore. Because you know what happens, right? You know what happens, right? You get that gift and you open it up and you're like, oh, thank you. Do you like it? Yeah. Amen. Come on, right? It's just me, just me, right? We all do that. We're like, what is it? Uh, you, you don't even know what it is, and you're like, thanks. Yeah, I was thinking about you. I'm the guy that says, hey, you know what I want? I want this, I want this, I'll use this. And my family freaks out because they like to be surprised. You go, Pastor, where are you going with this? Well, it reminds me of the little boy, right? It reminds me of the little boy who was praying the night before Christmas, and he's praying, he goes before, he starts yelling, God, God, I'm asking you for a new bike. And his mother says, honey. You don't have to yell. God's not deaf, to which the little boy turns to his mom and says, I know God's not deaf, but Grandma is. <laughs> right? He's asking. <laughs> or, or, or maybe you're not the little boy who's praying with Grandma in the next room. Maybe you were the kid who wrote letters to the man in the red suit. Okay? Do you ever, remind, you ever remember writing letters to the man in the red suit? Yeah, yeah, you explain. What was, that, what was that letter for? To tell him what you wanted for Christmas. Well, I found some, specifically. I found some that were amusing that were written to Santa. Check this out, okay? Now, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to read some letters. You tell me where you fit in this, okay? And I'll tell you where I fit. You ready? Here's the first letter. Dear Santa, I want a puppy. I want a playhouse. Thank you. I've been good most of the time. Sometimes I'm wild. Okay, okay, this one is, uh, this one's fun. Dear Santa Claus, when you come to my house, there will be cookies for you. But if you are real hungry, you can use the phone and order a pizza to go. (laughs) This is my favorite, okay? Four-year-old, a four-year-old. Dear Santa, I'll take anything because I haven't been that good. Dear Santa, I'm not going to ask for a lot. Here's my list. An Etch-A-Sketch animator, uh, two packs of number two pencils, Crayola fat markers, and the big gift, my own color TV. Well, maybe you could drop the pencils. I don't want to be really selfish. The question is, which one are you? I told somebody, I'm like, I'm like, God, I'll take anything because I haven't been that good. I mean, that's, I'm just like, Lord, ew, oh, oh. Which one are you? I have a question. Speaking of the big dude in the red suit, has it ever bothered you that he has a list? You know, he, he's always checking it twice. 
What's the purpose of the list? He wants to know who's naughty or nice. What's the point? The point is, is that here's the thing. It's called behavior modification. Listen, if, if you're on the nice list, you're going to get something good. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be real good at least in the month of December. Mama says, clean your room. Going to clean my room. If you're, if you're on the naughty list, what do you get? A lump of coal, right? <laughs> Thank you. We're interacting here. Okay, wonderful. Does that bother you? I don't know if you know this, but did you know that God also has a list? It's called the Lamb's Book of Life. And his list, there are names of all those who will be with him in heaven. But here's what I love about God. He knows when I'm naughty. And he doesn't hold it against me. He says, I know, Ben, you're naughty, but I'm still going to give you this gift. What a contrast, is it not? What a contrast. Oh, 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 if you're naughty, you're not going to get anything. Oh, I'll be nice, I promise. It's behavior modification, but what God wants to do is he wants to, read our, he wants to reach our hearts so hearts are transformed so that even though when we are naughty at times, he says, here's still a gift for you. Here's still a gift. You guys see the gospel? It's amazing. It's amazing. So this morning, guys, you ready? Let's put on our Jesus glasses and let's take a look at the very best gift anyone could ever get. Picking it up in verse 26 of Luke chapter 1. Give me a good amen if you're there. It says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph in the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary was Mary. Now, it starts off in the sixth month, guys. He comes to uh, this town called Nazareth. Nazareth is a village 70 miles northeast of Jerusalem. It was a tough town. It was known for its corruption and low morals. That's why you heard it said when Jesus, can anyone come out of, can anything good come out of Nazareth? This is why, because it was like Nazareth was not the place you wanted to raise the kids. Oh, you just had a little baby. Where are you going to raise him? Not Nazareth. Man, that place is rough. That's where, that's where Mary is. That's where Mary is. And the Bible says that this Mary was a virgin and is said to be betrothed to Joseph. And you go to us, we go, what does that mean exactly? What does being, what does betrothed mean? Well, listen to this. There were three stages in the Jewish wedding in that day. You guys ready? Jot this down. It was the engagement. It was the betrothal, and then you had the marriage. And you go, boy, that's different from us, right? Because we start off with the engagement. Well, we start off with dating. You go, hey, we've been dating. And all of a sudden, he comes, and he gets down on one knee, and he says, will you be mine? And you're like, oh, yes. And and you start showing the ring. Look at the ring. Look at the ring. She said, yes. She said, it. that's our engagement. And at that point, you go and have a wedding. Not, Not in the Jewish culture. In the Jewish culture, the engagement wasn't the man getting on knee and saying, will you please marry me? Guys, it was the formal, listen to this, the formal agreement made by the fathers. There was a covenant. And then there was the betrothal period, okay? This is a ceremony where mutual promises were made. I'm betrothed to you, you're betrothed. Listen, it was mutual promises. And then the marriage, approximately about one year later, when the bridegroom comes, for an unexpected time for his bride. You're going, Ben, that was, that was going on here? Yeah, that was happening to Mary. She was betrothed. You go, well, how does that apply to me? 
Check it out. It sounds like our Jesus getting ready to come for us, his bride. See, the Bible says we're the bride of Christ, but the first thing that happened is we had to get engaged. I don't know if you knew that. We're engaged. It was the covenant between the heavenly father. He says, I'm going to make a covenant. I'm going to send my son. And that was the engagement. When you give your life to Jesus, you then become betrothed. In order to break the betrothal, though, guess what had to happen? You had to have a certificate of divorce. It was a big thing. You couldn't just say, I'm going to take off my ring. I'm not betrothed anymore. That's not how it worked. It was a big deal. See, we're betrothed. If you're here and you're giving your life to Jesus, you're betrothed to Jesus. Okay, he's the bridegroom, we're the bride. Can I get an amen? amen? Why do you think God is so serious about idolatry? He doesn't want us cheating on him. We're the bride. We just need to be patient until he comes back for us. Because then one day, just like in the Jewish ceremony, the bride's going to come. And the father goes, go get your bride. And that's what's going to happen for us. That's what's going to happen. We're going to be, oh, and we're going to go to heaven and we're going to have just the greatest wedding you could ever imagine. Ever imagine. Anybody know how long a, a, a Jewish wedding? Huh? Seven days, right? They, they lasted. How long are we going to be in heaven? Seven years, right? Having a party. Woo, it's going to be so good. Why? There's no calories in heaven. Just saying. And good food. Good food. Guys, we're his bride. We're his bride. Mary, she's betrothed. She's betrothed. Verse 28 says, And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Right? Here the angel comes in, and, and, she, and he starts to speak to Mary. What does he say? He says to Mary three things. Jot them down. First of all, he says that she is highly favored. Highly favored. Mary. He says that, second, she says, the Lord be with you. The Lord is with you. Wow, that makes me feel good. And third, she says, Mary, you're blessed. You're blessed. What a great verse. And let me just say this, guys. Amazing fact, all these things were true. But can I say this to you? They're also true of you. You go, what? Yeah, think about this, right? If you're taking note, you got to jot this down because these are promises. You go, what do you mean? He says, number one, we're highly favored. We're highly favored. You go, what do you mean? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. For the praise, so we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. You're highly favored. God looks down and says, yeah. See see her? That's, that's my daughter. See him? That's my son. See? Yeah. You're highly favored. You go, what else? Number two, guys, like Mary, the Lord is with us. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. He says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know what Christmas tries to do? You know what commercial Christmas tries to do? It tries to rob us and make us lonely. And here God said, you'll never be lonely again. But pastor, I don't have somebody. I know. I know how you feel. I know in those empty nights and Christmas Eve, and you're sitting alone. I know, but you know what? With Jesus, you'll never be lonely. You'll never be lonely. Church, can I ask you a question? Is Jesus enough? Is Jesus enough? Can 
he never got married again or never had kids, is Jesus enough? You'll never be lonely. The world turns upside down and inside out. Is Jesus enough? Is he enough? Because he said the Lord is with us. And he also says that we're blessed. Ephesians 1.3 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Guys, we're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. Think about this gift. Think about God's gift, right? God's gift of Jesus allows us sinners to be highly favored, to to have Jesus with us each and every day so we're never lonely again and that we're blessed, and that we're blessed. Well, why would you react if an angel came in your room and all of a sudden there was a bright light? Well, Mary says, but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. I mean, did you catch this, guys? Here, there's Mary, poor little Mary. She's a virgin. She's betrothed. She doesn't know where Joseph is. She doesn't have the protection of her betrothal, her husband. And here comes this angel. And, and the Bible says, notice what it says, guys, but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. What did she just say? She said, Mary, you're highly favored. Mary, you're... Man, the Lord be with you. Mary, you're blessed. Here's what I want you to catch, and I want you to know. I want you to note the humility of Mary. Okay? She, it says she was troubled at the saying. Mary was surprised to hear such extravagant words used of her. You see, it's not like Mary went around thinking, I'm so godly. I know everything. I have it. Mary's just going, wow, you said, those of, you said that of me? She's humble, guys, and that's what God calls us as Christians to do, is to walk in humility, to walk in humility. You go, why? I mean, Mary, think about it. Godly people walk in humility. There are times, you know, there are times when, when my wife says to me, you're a good man, and I say, please don't say that because I still struggle. I don't, I don't want to live there because, because I, I need to get better. We want to walk in humility. You're a godly man. Oh, man, I got a lot of work to do. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Man, you're a real saint of God. Oh, no. I just love Jesus. Do you guys see the point? Because we can sit there and go, yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. What? What Bible? I can quote John 3.16. I mean, do you see how arrogant that is? And Mary's going, Mary, you're, this is Mary. And Mary's like, oh, my goodness, me? Me? Now, get ready. Open your eyes, guys. You have your glasses on? Here's the wonderful gift anyone can get. Verse 30. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great. And he will be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacobo, Jacob, forever. And his kingdom will, there will be no end. Do you guys catch that? Look at verse 30 with me real quick. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Do you guys remember before you got saved? There was always a fear, wasn't there? There was always a fear. We're like, ah, I know I'm not doing right. 
You know, he, here's the most common thing. I know I got to get my life right. I, I got to get back into it. I got that's here's the thing. The Bible, he says, don't be afraid. Why? Because you found favor with God. You found God's God's God loves you. Don't be afraid. All you need to do is give your wait. How's that? Think about what he just said to Mary. He said, Mary, don't be afraid. Why, Lord? You found favor with God. That's us. But then the Holy Spirit took Jesus and put him inside her. Well, pastor, isn't that what happens to me when I get saved? <laughs> Mary is a beautiful type of, of the believer because now the God, the Holy Spirit, then takes Jesus and puts him inside of us. And you're going, oh, so I don't have to be afraid, do I? I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be afraid. Well, who is this God that's inside of me? Well, he will be great, and he will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. The Bible says that he'll be great. Has anyone influenced history more than Jesus? He's going to be called the son of the highest. Jesus, listen, Jesus would be the son of Mary, but not only her son. He would also be and known as the Son of God. The Son of God. And then the Bible says the throne, he will have the throne of his father David. Guys, he's going to be the Messiah that was prophesied to David, who was the rightful authority to rule over Israel. And here's what it says, his kingdom there will have no end. No end. You know, it's it's about... Two months ago, I think, um, Sirius Radio started playing Christmas music, and I snapped a picture and said, is it too early? And some of you were like, no, love Christmas music, right? And other of you were like, yes, what's wrong with you? There was a time in my life that right about this time, I couldn't stand Christmas music. But now I'm like, I, I like listening to it, right? Let me ask you a question. How many of you know or like that song, Mary, Did You Know? Mary, did you know, right? We like that song. Can I let you in a little secret? Mary did know. That your baby boy, right? Mary would know. Why? Guys, because she knew the word of God. She knew the word of God. You go, how did Mary know the word of God? Guys, think about it. Her reaction is saying, I know this is going down. What do you mean? Listen, Mary wasn't surprised because she knew God's word. When the angel came and said, you, you know, will you, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, she remembered the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 17, 7, verse 14, says, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Mary, did you know? She did. She did. Guys, think about this for just a moment. Think about this, okay? The cradle makes the cross possible, okay? You with me? Mary has just been spoken to by an angel. You're going to carry the Son of God. Mary's going to have this baby we're going to see in just a moment. You guys with me? She's going to have this baby. She's going to raise this baby. She's going to watch it grow. And then she's going to see her son die on a cross. Listen to me. Listen closely. If it were not true, mamas, if it were not true, 
If Jesus was not the Son of God, would not Mary go, stop, 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 stop. Don't crucify him. I'll tell you who his dad is. Stop. Bring him off the cross. She couldn't. Because of this moment right here, she knew that he was the Son of God. Mamas would do anything to to make sure that their babies don't hurt. And all she could do is watch. All she could do is watch because she knew right here. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be? How can this be since I don't know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that the Holy One who, will, who is born shall be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And now is in the sixth month for her who was called barren. What? He also gave her some news too, right? This is the, this is the first recorded Facebook post. She told Mary, Mary, you've... Your cousin Elizabeth, who's old, she's going to have a baby. She's six months pregnant. Mary's like, what? I didn't read that on Facebook. You don't need to. I'm telling you face to face. (laughs) Who is Mary carrying? You guys are awesome. Exactly. Exactly. And she was old. She was old. And she was barren. And I think that's amazing. That's amazing. So this is the announcement. You guys with me? Now, we want to close our time together, guys, but I want to look at the actual gift, okay? So just turn a couple of pages to the right. Let's go to chapter 2. I want to show you the actual gift. Picking up in verse 1 of Luke chapter 2, it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. So he's sending out a census. The census first took place while uh, Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went out to be registered, everyone to his own city. Remember, guys, we're watching this with Jesus' glasses. Let it read you. Jesus also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, which he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was while they were there, her days were completed to be delivered. Now, this blows my mind for just a minute, right? Because first and foremost, Joseph is tripping. Joseph, yes, Lord, your wife's going to have a baby. Who's the guy? Well, did she cheat on me? Oh, homie, better not jump. Right? He's already tripping because it's like, and it's like, no, no, it's the Holy Spirit. Oh, wait, 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 she's going to do what? Yeah, we want you to raise God's son. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, cool. So then, if that's not enough, all of a sudden there's a decree that you have to go back and be registered. And he looks at Mary, and this is the look that most guys give when, when they're nine months pregnant and the guys don't know what to do. What is it, Joseph? We just got in the mail that we have to go back to Bethlehem. Uh, Wow. Oh, sweetie, don't worry. I'll be okay. I might have a week or two. I don't know. Yeah, but we live in Nazareth, and 
we got to go to Bethlehem. Sweetie, don't worry. Let's go. Let's go. So there they go. We're going back to Bethlehem. This is the amazing gift of Jesus. Look at verse 7. So she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for him at the end. So what happened? Joseph gets to Bethlehem. She goes, uh, Joe, uh, not feeling good. Wasn't the burrito at the 7-Eleven ad. I think this is it. I think this is it. This is happening. No, baby, no. <laughs> Listen, we just got here. There ain't no room. I, I'm telling you, no, Joseph, it's coming. So they go to the inn, right? Now, let me let you on a little fact. Sometimes we think it was the holiday inn, and it goes in. There wasn't it. Back in the day, guys, in, in the Jewish uh, houses, they would have one big house, and what would happen is they would bring the pets in at night, and the family would sleep on the second floor. Because Caesar Augustus made a census, everybody was full. In other words, let's just say that, that the Obandos and I were, were family, but they lived in Nazareth, but they needed to come to, to Bethlehem to, to be registered. Well, the first thing they would do is they'd say, Cousin Ben, can I stay with you? Of course. I mean, we're not knowing. So all of a sudden, in my house, I bring the kids with me, and the Obandos have the other bed in the upper room, and we'd still bring the animals inside the bottom for the night. How you guys remember when it was like when Jesus made that parable where he's knocking and who would, and he says, We're not gonna give you any bread. The animal's already in, I'm not gonna get out of bed. Same thing. So when it says that there was no room for him at the inn, it's because it's it's it, it was almost like trying to find a hotel when there was tech graduation or there was a big football game going on. There's you're just not gonna find a hotel room. And if you are, it's gonna be what, four hundred dollars. You guys know what I'm talking about. That's exactly what's going on here. Except they found a place. Guess where it was? But it wasn't upstairs where Mary could have the baby. It was down below where the animals were. It was called the manger. So she had somewhat sanitary conditions. It wasn't exactly out in the middle of dirt and everything else, but she was still with the animals. And look, look, guys, she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in the manger. There was no room for them. Notice, now... There were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I will bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Do you guys see that same angel scenario. They're out in the fields, right? They're tending the sheep. Boom. What is going on? I want you to see something here very interesting. Let's say this is the very first Christmas. You go, well, pastor, it is. Jesus was born. Notice the angel didn't say, by the way, there's a tree and there's presents for you. Here's what they said. They said, Behold, we bring you good tidings of great joy. You see, because that's what Christmas is all about. Some of us get caught up in all the presents. But let me just say this. If you get more than three, you're blessed. Because only Jesus got three. And I don't know if one of them was really a present. 
It was one of those, oh, amen. Which one was it? Gold? Frankincense, right? Said good tidings, guys, because Christmas is about that peace and great joy of knowing that God has come to save you and to give you a new life and has a plan for your life. What's the good news? Verse 11, for there was born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Well, what's going to be the sign? Well, this will be a sign to you that you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, with what, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, what were they saying? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward Man, that's the gift. That's the gift. What's the present? We're going to find Jesus. Where is he? He's going to be wrapped, not in wrapping paper, but in swaddling clothes. What's he going to do? He's going to save you from your sin. You know, Ben, what does that have to do with Christmas? Here's what I want. Here, here, here's what I'm hoping, okay? Every day in our world, every day in our world, and maybe you're here today, every day in our world, we're just like Sammy. The world had promised us something so amazing and people had promised us something so amazing and we have this big red box and we're just like, oh my goodness, and and we open it and it's empty because the world cannot give you what God can give you. It can't. And I know a lot of people out there feel like Sammy. A lot of people feel like A lot of people felt like me. I just want this holiday to be over. It hurts. It's awful. Until I found that it wasn't about presents and it wasn't about a tree and it wasn't about lights, but it was about people. It was about the presence of Jesus in our hearts and in our homes, guys. Are you the the person who gets down on presents? No, I love presents. Bring me a present. I'll open it. It's amazing. But that's not the purpose, is it? Because I already have the greatest gift. You know what the greatest gift this year is? Apart from knowing Jesus, my family's healthy. Can I just say this to you guys? Enjoy this year. Because we don't know what 2019 is going to bring. Enjoy. Take take a cup of coffee. Christmas morning. Watch the wrapping paper go all over the place. That's what Christmas is, right? <laughs> ah, let's play. And take a cup of coffee and watch and just smile and go, Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you that number one, you provided for us to buy presents. Hopefully you didn't go into debt. Hopefully you didn't charge up your credit cards. Thank you, Lord. But it's not about the present. Here's why. Let me just say this to you. You ready? You ready? If the Grinch came to your house today, took your tree, took your lights, took all your presents, let me ask you this. Could you still have Christmas tomorrow? Why? Because of Jesus. Think about it, though. Think about it. You worked hard for those presents. There's some, big, there's some nice presents under there, the expensive presents. If those were gone, you guys know what I'm talking about. If those were gone, could you still 
have Christmas. That's what I want to get through. Because Christmas is going, yeah, that's fun. That's amazing, wonderful. But if it's gone, we can still laugh. We can still sing. We can still eat. And we can still be a family. So what do we do? When we go out those doors, guys, look for those people that, that don't just need to say, that, that you don't just go, God bless you, be fruitful, and, and, and go eat. Love on those people. Hey, what's your story? Can I, can I hang, you know? If you know of some of people that are just going, I don't, I don't know, I don't really dig Christmas, invite them to your house. Hey, come on over. Oh, I feel weird. Why? Just come. Be family. Be family. Let us help you walk through this because that's what family does. That's what Christmas is about. Amen. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for Christmas, Lord. We thank you, God, that you're speaking to us today through the word. That, Lord, we can see Christmas, Lord, with a different set of glasses. And God, even tonight, Lord, as we gather back together for a candlelight service, for you are the light of the world. My prayer to you, Lord, is that, is that we could be a light. We could minister. We could have fun. We could open presents, but we would always keep the reason for the season. Jesus, you are. And Father, my prayer is that if somebody here doesn't get anything they want for Christmas, they could still enjoy Christmas because they got you. And they can lovingly say, oh, thank you. It's just what I wanted. So Lord, that's what Christmas means to us. So God, we thank you. We love you. This is a beautiful name we pray. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.